welcome to the internet, son. I will website as on the internet. It's time to sin to win. Surely, you will want to work longer hours to afford what you want. Your mom will hate this. It's so good, we will sacrifice a goat. It's the Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast. Taking. Welcome back. This is episode 16. If 16. we're doing yeah, 16. We're almost legal. That's right. And today's topic, what we're gonna be talking about is E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Which now, by the time you listen to this should have happened about a month and a half ago. <laughs> uh, not that bad. We're we're catching up on our backlog of uh shows. So. If it tells you anything, we just published uh episode eleven on the no, I'm kidding. Episode 14 on the yeah, <laughs> on the website. Uh, so, yeah, again, today's topic is the games of E3. Now, yep. I have and, to, uh, and, for, and we all found out earlier this year that uh, Y2K was not a thing. Had, oh, wait. Sorry. We're not doing that. Okay. We're, we're done with that shtick. Carry on. Yep. That's done. Sorry. We're talking about E3. E3 2019. E3 2019. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 from... T- anyway, moving on. So, uh, just so you know... Uh, this episode is going to be all about upcoming games, and we're going to be fanboying a lot. Now, one of the things that we tend to do as we get older is get really negative about things. Now, today, we're going to be talking about all the exciting things that's that's been announced. With that said, we like specific types of games, so your favorite type of game may not show up in this list. Zendave, I'm sorry, no Animal Crossing. Well, Zendave needs to uh, go ahead and stop playing Animal Crossing and start playing. Uh, was it Graveyard Keeper? I think. Oh, Graveyard Keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a. That's a. Or even uh, uh, Stardew Valley, which is, by the way, a really good game. If you. So anyway, uh, guys, do you have any announcements for today? Um, well, E3 is going on. Right. 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 Yeah, we should do a show about that. Yeah, we should. Okay. Well, next time. Um, we we just discovered that Y2K was not. Oh, sorry. Ken, Ken, Ken. See this <laughs> horse? It has died. I'm going to take your stick away from you. Now's the part we start making glue. <laughs> that's how you get horseradish, right? Hey, you know this works right into our our unpopular opinion uh, segment, Ken, of the Borderlands Two DLC. You know that that's the next bullet point. No, the unpopular opinion would be talking about uh, the unpopular opinions that we have, guys. What is unpopular for you that you can't help but be thrilled about? What What's going on? Thrilled about? Yeah, um, that you're unpopular. Or, or, or that we like. You don't have to be thrilled about it. I or guess. even something that someone else likes that you don't. Yeah, I couldn't care less about cyberpunk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Man. Honestly, I, I couldn't. I, I've never played a cyberpunk game. I It's not even on my radar. The only thing interesting to me about it is the fact that it apparently is going to have RTX. And that's mildly entertaining for me. RTX being as in the explosive? Uh no, uh, ray tracing. Oh, real time ray tracing. Yes, sorry. Okay. Which is yeah, a, a sorry. graphical it's the new bugaboo for Nvidia. Nvidia, yeah, it's the the big thing. So, well, uh, that's I apologize the explosive is RDX. Ah. Okay. Yeah, let's limp our way to the next uh, one that you already <laughs> hinted about. Borderlands 2 DLC. Uh Borderlands 3 is coming out in November. And well, see that that's why I thought you were talking about glue because it's gluing episode two or sorry Borderlands two to Borderlands three, and this actually comes back to my unpopular opinion is 
as uh, Brandon is to uh, Cyberpunk 2077, I am to Borderlands 3. However, you finished Borderlands 2, did you not? I did. I didn't play in the DLC. Well, I might have played one or two of the DLCs, but I didn't play many of I, them. I will I tell you. I did not play 2.5 or the pre-sequel or whatever you want to call it. That's fine. That's 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 neither here nor there. But Borderlands 2 has one DLC that is probably the best crafted DLC out there. Assault on something keep. Yeah, uh, that's Borderlands The 2, Tiny yeah. Tina. Yeah, the Tiny mm-hmm. Tina episode. I did Absolutely. not play that. It, uh, honestly uh if you ever get the urge to play a game like that yes mm-hmm. dust out teals uh the, the your borderlands 2 copy get your old character running and do that dlc with friends if you can by yourself yeah and with oh I've, I've always heard good thing about that dlc and if i ever do pick up borderlands 2 again which i generally enjoy the borderlands franchise the their style of humor and the voice acting and all that kind of stuff it's just uh, I, I got too many games and i'm really <laughs> in the future I, I mean i really do I, i'm starting to yell at uh some of our uh mutual friends that are like hey this other game's coming out i bought you a copy i'm like dude don't buy me a copy of that game i'm never going to get around <laughs> to playing it so yeah, i'm turning much- down free games that should tell you something Oh man, that's that's interesting. Uh, well, okay. Well, to bring it back to Borderlands Two DLC, as opposed to turning down free games, which hurts my heart. Uh, the 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 game, this DLC that just was released, and it's free for a month until July eighth. So by the time you hear this, it'll be about two months too late. The <laughs> and why? Sorry, and why? Okay, right. The the DLC deals with the time between the end of Borderlands Two. And uh, another game called Tales of the Borderlands, which was done by Telltale uh, Games, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Rest in peace, right? And uh, what it does is it kind of gives the idea of what happened, brings in characters from all the games, and and kind of puts closes some threads that were left open. Uh, I've been playing it. It's fun. It's well written. It's very tightly done. Some very bizarre choices in quest design and they did the the voice acting in borderlands has always been excellent but there's a couple of times first and foremost we've talked about this before one of the characters was replaced and it's obvious not bad but it's obvious uh the the he's trying too hard to sound like the last guy in which case when he misses a beat or something it's it's jarring as opposed to trying to make the character's own which is fine uh they should have just deep faked it then or something well, I mean, the voice is heavily uh, is heavily um, modulated, but there's a speaking pattern that he's trying to do, and it and it's you know it's, Wait a minute, it's free. <laughs> yeah, well, it's free. It's gonna be. It's not gonna be free by the time everyone hears this, but right now it's free. So, but where do I get it? <laughs> where do you get it? Steam DLCs. You're oh, really? getting it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am actually. Borderlands Two. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's uh, Assault for Sanctuary or. Uh, captain lilith or something along those lines um, yeah and there's a there's a high high or high texture thing as well which allows for uh Wait, absolutely I have to bizarre. Borderlands 2 to get this that's so <laughs> the last final thing i want to say is the first time one of the characters who was a main character from borderlands 2 speaks his first set of lines is obviously done by another guy and then it comes back to him and it's like, wow. And then it sounds like they replaced a whole different guy or the a different character uh, or that guy forgot exactly how he did his voice before because uh, it's completely different. So, but with that said, I'm enjoying it. 
it seems very tightly done in most ways, but some of the quest decisions or pathing for the quests are a little weird. I think I'll have a better idea if I like this truly once Borderlands 3 comes out and I get a bigger feel for the writing crew that's working on it now. So let's see. Oh, yeah. Did you see, uh, Brandon, that uh, there's Division news? Um, yeah, they're going back to New York, which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, not only that, but there's a movie coming out yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, I couldn't care less about the movie. What are you talking I, about? You love movie. books. You love all the media. I do. I do. I do. But it's... Um, and you're also a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. I am. I am, actually. I've probably exactly. seen... I've seen... Uh, what is it? That's um, Prince, Prince of Persia. Persia. Yeah, yeah, more times than I can remember. Yeah. Um, and Jessica Chastain, is that her name? Who, who I have no idea who that is. Wait, I mean, is that me, a... either? Is that an adult actress? No. Maybe. Chest, chest. No. No. Okay. I'm just checking. Jeez. Wow. You know, for, for guys that, that really like to be on the cutting edge of gaming, even though we're old, sometimes we're out of touch. Anyway, yeah. No, it's coming to Netflix. And uh, the the Ubisoft is actually really excited about it. And like I said, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Jessica Chastain is in it. And I'm pretty certain if you saw her, you would know who she is. And I could Google her right now, but... I'm not going to. Um, but the movie, it, it depends. If the movie is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as you, the agent, then I'm not impressed. Um, if it's him as an agent in the beginning of the, the outbreak, then it would be pretty interesting. If it's him... You know, later on, whatever. Basically, they can go a bunch of different ways with it. And more likely than not, they'll go the, the easy route, which makes it you, the uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, the agent, super agent, you know, gets everything back running in New York. I'm not interested. I've heard that story. I was that story. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so you're telling me goal? that you're going to watch it anyway? I, of course I'm going to watch it. Okay, that's all <laughs> yeah, That's it, all I needed to know. It, it only costs time if it's on Netflix, if you already have a net, Netflix sub. Um, yeah. we, we should do a uh, future show on uh, video game movies, IPs that go branch out from video games because of three words alone, Sonic the Hedgehog. Or Super Mario Brothers. Uh, yeah, but that's, uh, you know, I think the average age of our core audience is, uh, in the 15 to 18 range. So they don't know about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, that's too bad. (laughs) I, I don't know if that's too bad or if that's, uh, oh, no, wait, that's the cinematic version of Blood and Bacon. Exactly. I wonder if we could give away digital copies of Super Mario Brothers for (laughs) at at the same price as blood and bacon uh i doubt it <laughs> you know welcome to the lunch crew gaming podcast where we actively hate our listeners so uh but, it, but it's all the rage isn't it wait no it's not all right speaking of streaming media we, we actually do love our listeners though you're, so you're, you're supposed to love your audience not love your audience love. hey there hey, hey sorry streaming Oh yeah, streaming. Uh, this isn't in the in the bullet list, but uh, I, I my wife and I just finished watching Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Yes, mm-hmm. what a great show! I mean, it, it if you've read the book, it's a love letter to the book, but it's also a a really good show. There are parts of it that are just a little hokey as they wrap stuff up because you know whatever, but it's also true to the the resource. So two thumbs up uh, with Missy, my wife. Four thumbs up. We truly enjoyed it. It was a it was a great six hours spent watching a quality show. All right. Well, moving on. Let's hit the next uh, little Fallout seventy six Battle Royale. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And wait, here, wait, wait. here, hold on, hold on, hold on. People, people still play Fallout seventy six. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. There is a that is more impressive than the whole battle royale thing. Well, that's, so, that's not necessarily impressive to be so honest with you. If you think about it, though, it's perfect because it's following the exact same Fortnite pattern where they already <laughs> had microtransactions. It was uh-huh. already a not. It was a standalone game that did not a lot of people played. But then they're going to introduce this mode, and then all of a sudden, it's a you know, mega billion dollar franchise. So. Well, I, I will say in Bethesda's defense, not that there's a lot to work with in defense of their actions on this. They have been actively working on Fallout 76 and the battle royale mode isn't just a let's uh, let's toss something in there and see if it sticks. It's something that they've been really planning. So with yeah, that it- said, with that said, there's more to this whole thing. It is going to be free to play. <laughs> while oh, wow. the battle royale goes down it's not completely free you're getting a free weekend to play oh, it okay once the battle royale mode goes live that's the part i think you would be most appreciative of is the fact that it's truly following the whole the whole Fortnite, yeah free to play battle royale microtransactions yeah so there you go that's that's the news the good thing about that is they are reintroducing a story mode and they're putting in uh, human NPCs again. So that that is a good thing that they're doing for they, Fallout 76. They took out human NPCs? Yeah, Fallout 76 launched with no human NPCs anywhere in the game. The only interaction you have with the game world are through uh, terminals and bots. Yeah, Mr. Handies and stuff. Which is one of the reasons why it sucked so hard was, yep. for so, me. Was that some weird conscious decision that they don't want people killing people or something? Weird no, like that, they or? did that so that the people that you actually interact with are, are real humans. Oh. But the thing is, is that they basically, they said, okay, well, there's no human NPCs, but there are people that talk to you and there are, you know, interactions with NPCs. You just don't see them. So it was, it was kind of a, okay. uh, it was an iffy thing. The game is pretty. The game has its moments. The game is Okay. And I, I have not been following it up until this came across my radar while I was researching stuff for today's episode. So it may end up being something we go visit and go back to. So, but uh, moving right along, Destiny 2 uh, by... Yeah, uh, also going free to play. Yeah, also going free to play. And it's... Yep, by active. No, is it still Activision? Well, it was released by Activision. It was released. But the thing is, is that it's no longer uh, on the Blizzard. It's going to be on Steam. Yeah, they're taking off Battle.net. Yeah. Well, they're not we, taking it off of Battle.net. It's just going to also exclusive. be on oh, Yeah, okay. but there's also going to be cross-platform functionality, which means you play it on Xbox, you play it on PlayStation, you play it on your PC. You have three characters you can transfer between any of those, which is a huge, huge thing. Yeah, that, that that's one of those things that historically I never... I can understand while... Oh, sorry, I can understand why... Uh, you might not have a first-person shooter that's a, a, a adversarial first-person shooter where you have PC gamers and console gamers because uh, aiming with the mouse is just generally superior. Otherwise, you have to enable like cheat modes for sticky HUDs and stuff like that. And So I can understand why, historically, adversarial non-co-op shooters have been well, not, not, not cross-platform. But for something like Destiny, where I think it's inherently co-op, I haven't played it, but it always struck me as inherently co-op. Um, I, I never really understood why a lot of those games have never been cross-platform 
years ago, years and years and years ago. It is both co-op and has uh, PVP, and it actually has okay. some really tight PVP on it. Some of the most enjoyable, and I'm not somebody who enjoys PVP, but this just it's a very good. However, with that said, uh, there are people who do play it on consoles with mouse and keyboard. Oh, yeah, because you can do that now. Yeah. 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 Moving right along into something that may or may not be related. Uh, Sony and Microsoft have joined forces to help with content delivery and use uh, Microsoft Azure Cloud System, which is basically their content delivery system, and also talk about cross-platform play, which may mean that in the future there will no longer be anything as console exclusives. Hey, I doubt that. That's that they're doing that to, so they could fight Google. Yep. And what is Google doing? They're making Google a, yeah, cloud, cloud-based gaming service. Which so I have a relative, uh, I shan't name names, but used to work for a company named On Live. Which hey, yeah, I remember them. Yeah. So they were doing the basically cloud-based gaming streaming service things what 10 years ago now maybe 15 yeah, by like now that. and it's what it's like 3d tv and 3d in general we want to do it we want to do it we want to do it nobody really cares maybe with the consoles being full-fledged into it you know it being a native part of like playstations and stuff like that well remember maybe the, it'll actually take off this time the xbox one the xbone <laughs> played with this idea played with this idea when it was released a couple of years ago and they thought that was going to be the big thing. And then after there, there's a whole, we could do a whole episode basically talking about the Wii U, the PS3, the PS4, the Xbox, Xbox, the whole yeah. thing. We could talk all about that. But the biggest problem I see with it is that uh, I'm not sure the infrastructure is there, but we'll see. I mean, if you look at phones, everybody's been playing stuff on their phones. Everybody, it, it, this, the possibilities there. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to reserve judgment. Is it a bad idea? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, however, I will say this. Google has a stunning track record of supporting applications after they've been uh, implemented. Stunningly awful track record. Yeah, but this one introduces hardware, too, and they usually support the hardware for a little while. Google Glasses. A little while. Are you trying yeah, to Google Glasses. You have, <laughs> yeah, Google Glasses. You Pixel. have a couple of things. No, the Pixel is still um, there. <laughs> bringing still, endorsement still, brandon <laughs> it, no it still gets updates and stuff like that but you know first of all um google and microsoft sony they're not the only players and neither is on live which i think shut down um nvidia has their service which anyone can sign up for right now and, and start will not start using but if you get in you usually have to wait like a month or two uh there are rumors that there is a, a an amd one uh a streaming service but you know, I haven't seen anything concrete. So anything I... NVIDIA does, AMD does better. <laughs> so yeah, no. That, okay, but here's the question. Basically, the, the thing is, everyone is trying to put their hand in that pot. But so, wait, wait, wait. The question is, whose cloud does NVIDIA and AMD? Uh, whose cloud are they using? Whose whose streaming delivery service? And most likely, it's going to be Google. The common um, Amazon. Certainly possible. Yeah, exactly. It could be Amazon. Amazon Microsoft. Is a... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say Microsoft has the second biggest cloud infrastructure, which is why Sony went, you know what? This makes sense. Yeah. Azure for the people that I did say are that. techie. What did you yeah. say, Azure? Okay. Earlier, but that doesn't matter. All right. Good call. Good call back. Very good. One last thing here. Uh, Brandon, I watched a, a, a video on the new Zelda uh, remake that's coming uh -huh. out. Yep. The, the uh, Link's Awakening. 
I am more excited about it now than I was previously. It, it, it's it's it just has that looks phenomenal. It looks absolutely phenomenal. It is a total throwback to the the 16 bit days. I just can't wait. I cannot wait. And oh. and there's going to be a Breath of the Wild too. Oh, you yes, you spoiled the big reveal for after. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even scroll down. I was looking at the no, 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 see, right, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. There will be a Breath of Wild 2. And we'll discuss that once we get to the E3 stuff. But before we get there, uh, something I noticed, this is something for those of you at home who like coin-operated machines. As you may know, there are three-quarter sized machines out there for purchase, usually anywhere between $199 to $299. They would have Atari greats uh, like Asteroids, uh, Tempest, stuff like that, or uh, arcade greats like uh, Street Fighter II uh, and um, Rampage and stuff like that. Uh, now, what's really interesting about it is that in the beginning, it was only one user, one, one joystick, and then they added two for like the Street Fighter, and then they added three for Rampage, so you all could play around this, excuse me. So y'all could play around this uh, three quarter sized, uh, this console. Well, now what's exciting about it is that uh, they are going to four player games. The two games that they are now going to be releasing are uh, the Marvel um, uh, X-Men, I think, or, or mm. Avengers. I can't remember which one it is. It's one of the Marvel uh, fighting games, uh, not the fight, scrolling, side scrolling, and more excitingly, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Nice. Yeah, it was yes. it's X Men, not Avengers, because uh, I it, believe yeah, you can yeah. play Nightcrawler. Yep. So yeah, so that's coming out. Uh, that's very exciting. Uh, I know we've talked about the idea of making our own coin op games, Mame emulators, and and whatnot. I think we did when uh, Jeff visited with us. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, all the news that's fit to talk about. Hey everyone, Ken here. Just a quick note that you can find our website at lunchcrewproductions.com. There you can find our social media, Discord, show notes, and of course, subscribe to our shows. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Oh, hey, welcome back, everyone. Uh, remember, this episode is brought to you by... Oh, we don't have any sponsors. Okay, well, now we're talking about E3 and the games that are coming. Now, this is going to be interesting because, you know, our personal likes, each of us, there are games each of us like uh, that, you know, we would love playing together. But then it's the ones that we kind of, there's like a Venn diagram. They're the games in the middle that we all agree on. And then there's games that, you know, Brandon and I like or Ken and I like or Ken and Brandon like. Uh, so this will be fun to talk about. Remember. Not all styles of games will be talked about that's coming out. So with that said, guys, uh, is there anything that you're excited about that's come out in uh, the E3 coverage that's been going on? I'll let you go, Ken. Oh, I was about to say, I haven't actually watched any E3 coverage. Um, so, I, But I know the Cyberpunk 2077 was coming, uh, so it's good to know that they have a release date. That is, uh, of the short list we assembled for the show notes, everybody, that is actually the only game I'm actually excited about. Uh, most of the other games I've heard about outside of E3 or before it. 
So um, I, I understand. Understand. Uh, uh, yeah, Cyberpunk 70, 2077 is uh, one that I am interested in, and we already know that Brandon is not necessarily interested, which is kind of cool. If you guys get a chance, go ahead and watch the videos that are out there for it. Uh, you know, it's it's they're pretty interesting, and it may just fill whatever need you might have for a little bit of cyberpunk. But uh, I, I'm really surprised, Brandon. You didn't immediately chime in with uh, Death Stranding. Yes, with Death Stranding. Uh, uh, Hideo, uh, whatever Kojima. his name is, Kojima's yeah. uh, post uh, Konami post-apocalyptic Metal Gear-ish type remake thingy. Well, you know what's interesting. Uh, it also has uh, what's his name from The Walking Dead. What's his name? Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus, and it has uh, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. He he plays a character in it as well, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody else I can't remember. But what's interesting about it is that it's a walking simulator in some sort of weird thing. And Norman's character, you played, you you control Norman. Uh, he he has a ladder, which makes sense because uh, uh, Kojima's last game, uh, he uh, you could capture people using inflatable balloons or shoots essentially yeah yeah you know so he's basically making shoots on ladders so (laughs) okay uh long time for that joke but no really brandon what are you excited about that was just announced today of all days um well i've I've known about most of the things for a while the only game that surprised me was the um the uh uh, zelda uh sequel that was something completely new i didn't know it was there yep um so That's yeah, that, that got me excited. Yeah, uh, most of the other games that I'm that I'm interested in are like I am interested in the Final Fantasy VII remake, but only as a as a um, collector essentially. <laughs> um, I have no no real interest in playing it again. Um, I've played it four times. I don't think I've ever beaten the game. Uh, it just it's just not that interesting to me in that way the remake is interesting to me in that they're remaking it yeah and, and it's not going to be the same story it doesn't hit the same story beats as the playstation 2 version i didn't i didn't read it. i just i just watched the trailers i was like oh cool yeah well <laughs> the trailers show the parts that you know from the original game but exactly. one of the things they said is that you know they've restructured combat they've restructured uh, a lot of the story elements uh you know I really think what they're doing is they're taking the story, which we know the generalized story, and they're unveiling it in a slightly different way, which I think is very exciting. I mean, if they introduce some of the things they did from the um, the the PSP spinoff, which was Final Fantasy VII, um, uh, and I can't remember the rest of the name of it. <laughs> Advent's Chocobo's yeah. Children. Yeah, the- Advent Children. Yeah. That, was um, it Advent Children? Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. it was Advent Children. That was a really good game, and I did finish that one. And that was that was uh, interest. It was an interesting take on it. They they expanded the lore. It was it was really good. Um, but on a whole, I was just like, eh, for the whole Final Fantasy VII thing. Um, the other game that I'm that I was looking at was uh, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, um, only because it's a Star Wars game, and I'm going to buy it any damn way. Oh, it, uh, and it's and it's beautiful. Yeah, it it looks good ish and the world looks okay ish for me honestly what is that they're not on keshik but they're they're on some jungle planet that is analogous to keshik because it's got wookies on it yeah keshik (laughs) being the the home planet for wookies that's right yeah but they're enslaved wookies or something you're trying to free i guess or something all wookies are enslaved exactly just like on keshik having watched the uh the i think it's the announced trailer it's you know Jedi Fallen Order or whatever. It's uh, it's uh, new uh, pre New Hope era. 
Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So post order 66 without getting too nerdy into the star Wars stuff. Exactly. Um, so I'm like watching that. And so the, the concept being this should actually be a, an actual bona fide Jedi person. Um, See, that's where it's, that's where it's a little confusing because it shouldn't be an actual bona fide Jedi person. It should have been, it should be this kid is a Padawan either when order 66 came out, uh, you know, kill all the Jedi. He should have been a Padawan of the age of about maybe 10. Okay. So he was self at self-taught then for the most part. Exactly. The point was I was watching this trailer and I'm like, this Jedi guy is a murder hobo. <laughs> I mean, he's like going around and like killing all these stormtroopers in the most brutal way ever. And that yeah. is not very. Have, have you played any of the Jedi games because that's pretty much how it works you, you just oh no i understand as soon that. as you get yourself that lighty glowy stick thing you're checking to see laser what you sword can, yeah, light the laser bat. sword the light bat yeah light you can, bat, you're yeah. seeing what how many limbs can come off if heads can fly if you can actually cut through the door you know it's just stuff you do don't get me wrong that's all fun but it it more reminded me of god of war versus mm. star wars i i, I got a more um you know i am I am the ultimate badass. And granted, if you're a Jedi, you should feel like the ultimate badass, but right. And, and, and until we get to know more about the, the fallen order, we can say we have concerns, but we're very, very, I, it's, I'm excited to play it. I'm like I said, I'm going to play it. Yep. Yep. I want to go back to breath of the wild too, uh, because uh, that is really the one I was trying to lead you towards completely forgetting <laughs> about Jedi fallen order, which would be just as exciting. No, uh, breath of the wild too, uh looks like it takes up right after or right before the final battle at the end of the game. And, and there's really no spoilers there because all the Z uh, Zelda games have been uh, a the hero's journey and uh, fighting the bad guy, who's always Ganon. It looks like uh, uh, Undead Ganon does something crazy. And if you watch the video, uh, the, the release video, one of the things that fans really have been clamoring for is a darker Zelda, uh, much like Majora's Mask, uh, which mm -hmm. had... The, you know, so it, it it's uh, the, people are really hoping that this is going to be I mean, Breath of the Wild is a still really dark game story wise. I mean, it's a vibrant look at, but the story itself is very sad. I mean, Zelda and Link lost and were lost for 100 years. So, you know, the world went on under the cruel auspices of Ganon as the or Ganondorf, I guess, as the uh, the the ruler of Hyrule. And it's uh so yeah, for people to be like, yeah, let's make it even more dark. It's going to be very interesting to see where it goes. If you watch the video, they have the music chopped up and played backwards, and it's really creepy. And Zelda cut her hair, and uh, which is going to really upset a lot of cosplayers. You know, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's very interesting. There's a lot, a lot of people throwing around ideas about what it could be, which is sometimes exciting and sometimes very dangerous because, you know, everyone's like, oh, that's a really great idea. That's how it's going to be. And then when it's not that way, they get upset. I'm Like I said, I'm very excited for it. I was like, oh my God, a new Zelda, another new Zelda. But unfortunately, um, my biggest thing with it is it's probably not going to come out until the end of 2020, um, which upsets me because it's a long freaking way away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there is the, uh, the, the DLC for Crypt of the Necrodancer, which, uh, have you purchased that yet? I have no idea what we're talking about. The Zelda, the Zelda based stuff for the game. Crypt oh, of the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked about that before. You haven't yeah, it, gotten it, it? It hasn't come out yet. I thought it did. Oh, my bad. It well, did, it, it did not come out yet. I was looking it at it uh, this weekend. By the time for a weekend game, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> it might be out by the time that uh, this is published. So, 
we will definitely revisit it just to see what your 15 minutes of it with is like. We've talked about Borderlands 3. Uh, November of 2019 looks like it's going to be a pretty exciting time. That's when Jedi Fallen Order comes out. Uh, it's when Death Stranding comes out, which I don't think any of us are truly all that interested in. Um, um, I, I'm Like I said, I, I am interested in it. I, I loved uh, Metal Gear Solid 5. It was a fantastic game. It was unfinished. I was kind of hoping for more. But unfortunately, Death Stranding does not quite look like it probably going to be a little disappointing for me and i'm unlikely to go out and, and and buy a playstation 4 so i can play it it might be a rental for me i don't know i i'm kind of i don't know if this is going to be like a, a metal gear gear solid which is a tactical espionage stealth shooter whatever you want to call it um i don't know if this is if it's really that crossed with uh, a dead souls you know the game is out there to punish you type thing. So I, I don't know, but I am interested in the story and I will be following it uh, for that aspect alone, just for the, that enjoyable um, part. Well, as long as, as long as it's not as bad as uh, what is it? Metal gear survive. Then. then oh, the, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. That thing. Metal gear survive being which, the so-called zombie mode, which I was so, I was so tempted to buy. You have no idea the willpower it took for me to not purchase that game. Actually, I've known you for years. I know exactly how much willpower it takes for you to not buy something. And I think our listeners uh, are getting a clue uh, <laughs> of some of your habits. So for you not to be able to buy it, that says a lot. What, what kept you from buying it, by the way? I was looking for, at the time, I wanted to play Metal Gear Solid Five, And I, I just wanted a continuation of the story. I, I wanted more challenge in that world. And that looked like it could be what I was looking for. But then I started researching it, doing a little bit more. I'm like, oh, this is this is not. But then there were people that were saying it's close. So I was like, eh, if it's close enough, then I can fake it. But, you know, just failed. <laughs> just couldn't do it. Couldn't bring myself to do it. I, I understand. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Sadly, it does. It's it's a really logical. It just wasn't the game I was looking for. It's one of those things, though, that if it showed up like for $5 or something like that to just try, it might be worth it. But Again, like Ken has said previously, I've got too many games. Don't give me any more. So um, Borderlands 3, we've talked about. We've covered in other episodes. That's coming out in November. I'm excited about it. You guys are not. Um, I'll, I will certainly buy and, and play Borderlands 3. I'm not like waiting for it to come on Steam or anything like that. I just, it's not high on the list. It's something that I will get when I get, you know what I mean? It's It's just, I'll get it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, but it's not a, Ooh, gotta have it's a, yeah, exactly. Right. It's there. Get it, right. Got it. Good. Um, let's see. I, I am excited about the final fantasy seven remake. I don't know if I'll get it though. I like the concept of it. Don't know if I'll get it. Do you have a PlayStation four? Yes, I do. Uh, the last of us part two, speaking of PlayStation four, honest to goodness, the last of us on the end of the PS three and the beginning of the PS four, the last of us is an amazing game. It is a piece of art. It is probably, it's not one I will probably ever replay the last of us because of just what a emotional gut punch it is but uh, so with the last of us part two coming out which is uh again on the ps4 is something i am very much looking forward to it is a fascinating world that they created and it's a fascinating set it, 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 just just the, the story just what they did and you know your players as players we're so used to you know the dichotomy of good and evil and what is right and what is wrong and and this game was you think you're doing the right thing and it's not that you're being punished for doing the right thing and it's actually the wrong thing like a game like spec ops the line which is you know you're you're dealing with uh 
whatever it is but this is the greater good versus the the minor good and and then the repercussions from that and what does that mean and it's just wow what a game and it's been years since i've played it i'm still talking about how great it is so the last of us part two is is a definite buy for me and i cannot wait for that one it's it's unknown release date still but it's it's still out there I'm excited about that one. Been excited about that one for a long, long time. Even more excited about Keanu Reeves being in it. And I don't even know why I'm excited about Keanu Reeves being in it. While, while I generally have been enjoying his more recent works, um, although I haven't seen uh, the Ronin movie, 47 Ronin or whatever it is. Um, it's an older movie. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Wasn't he shooting into that To one? me, more recent Keanu means post um, Matrix, post Matrix, Bill not Ted. Bill and Ted. You know, that's pretty much where I'm going here. So you haven't seen John Wick? Oh, no, I've seen John Wick 1 and 2. They were fantastic movies. Yes, absolutely. Have you seen Johnny Mnemonic? <laughs> I thought it was a good movie. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Yes. That is what everyone says. That is a great movie for what it was. Which is not but great. Then- it's not serious. It's not uh, canon cyberpunk. And that might be why is from the Johnny Mnemonic standpoint. That might be why he's in 2077. That's the only thing uh, I can even remotely think of that be... Well, Matrix. Yeah, we don't talk about that. No, not two and three, but the main. No, but anyway, no. The, the, I would love for it to be a Johnny Mnemonic thing. No, he he plays he plays. Yeah, from you only get one line from him uh, in the trailer, and it's a badass line. It's, it's uh, we've got a city to burn. You know, it's really cool. So, <laughs> and, and it and the 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 graphics. I mean, it's like it's like he's. Uh, I don't know. It's really good. And again, I just suggest watching that video. Um, they did a great job of making the video pacing and everything. And it is a massive set of this, this trailer is a spoiler based on the other trailers they've released, which makes me wonder, is it truly a spoiler or have they tossed stuff out just to throw it out? It has nothing to do with the story. Yeah. I mean, in 2077, I I know we're probably spending too much time talking about 2077, but um, one of the things that, no, I mean, they originally did like the uh, release trailer, you know what five years ago now yeah 2013 yeah and everyone was like freaking out like oh where is it what's happening with it it, cd project red the developer um house they were really kind of keeping it on the down low for a while so uh so that kind of made some people so i'm i'm really hoping that all that quiet is gonna translate into quality so we'll see well you know uh, this might be the wrong thing to do but they're also responsible for the witcher series and the witcher series of course had a strong source material but in the witcher 3 they made some of the strongest quest design decisions that i i think i've ever seen there's a and that's again that the witcher series is one where it's it there's no good there's no evil there's just life and you deal with the choices your character makes throughout the, the game and their their DLC, their side missions. Some of the side missions are are way more involved than the so-called main mission. Are those all the missions where you collect the uh, nudie playing cards? Uh, what? I don't know. I'm Isn't not familiar that with that. Part of the Witcher thing is you collect these nudie playing cards of all the characters you bet in game. I think that was in Witcher 2. I'm not sure about 3. But yeah, I mean, again... It worked, right? People played it, but yeah. no, the the um, there's there's uh, there's a, can't think of wine and blood or something like that DLC that uh, blood and bacon, <laughs> yeah, blood and bacon DLC for Witcher three. Uh, no, it there's what's the what's the best way of saying it? There's accolades, you know. Like I was just ranting and raving about the Last of Us and excitement about the Last of Us Part Two. There are things about the 
quest designs. They aren't the simple step and fetch it. They aren't the simple, simple, go here, get this, bring it back. You know, it's go here, do this. You have multiple ways of doing this. Everything you do has consequences. Kind of like a throwback to the early Elder Scrolls uh, games uh, where like, you know, Daggerfall and whatnot, or Morrowind where, you know, you just, you, you just are told, Hey, go do this. And then you got to figure out how to do it, you know, and, and, and go from there. No quest and, markers or the quest markers that did exist. were kind of like, it's over there somewhere. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where do I need to find it? Oh, uh, it's next to the big tree. So you gotta go talk to some people and find out where the big tree is. Um, yeah. The, uh, Witcher series is a series I has always wanted to really get into. I heard great things about it, but it's one of those, like, uh, especially three, I like, I just, my, my hands couldn't do the controller mechanics to do all the combos and blocks. And I literally could not get past the introduction of the game, which is a tutorial. So it's just like, I, I, I it's really unfortunate, but I'm never yes. going to play this game. Yes. yes. Nope. You're right. Cause there's some platformer elements to it. And if you don't hit the keyboard keys, right. Or something like that, it's very frustrating. You're right. You're, yeah. You have to chase the, the girl or something. Yeah. 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 yeah the, do platformers. The, so, um, well, speaking of platformers, that moves us into the next one. One that I am, I and my fam, well, why my wife are extremely excited about Doom Eternal. That's supposed to be a platformer. Uh, yeah, technically, it has it has platforming elements to no. it. Yes. Well, sure. Anything that you jump on is going to have platforming elements. Yes. Well, in which case, Witcher Three has platforming elements. That was the problem that you had issues with. But Doom Eternal, which has platforming elements to it, which also has jumping puzzles and hidden collectibles. Um, is coming out and it's again for those of you that may not know doom was one of the first first person shooters out there uh that really exploded in popularity of course there were others beforehand but doom was the the one everybody knows about and uh it's just ramping up the insanity uh of of the game style and i can tell you when they came out what two years ago three years ago 2016 with uh, the 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 doom remake i don't think anybody was really excited about uh, it no I, I got a couple of friends who were who loved it and they uh used it as a great uh graphical showcase game because it was yes, pretty as all and it's fast yeah it's fast paced it's it took the fun of the original doom and brought it into a modern style and then in the years since you know with games like castle wolfenstein uh or wolfenstein frodrick whatever yeah um and Rage 2 and other games uh, along those lines where they're 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 sitting there and balancing the 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 play style and saying, okay, let's let's see if this will work. Okay, it doesn't necessarily work. Let's see what people like here. And they constantly fiddle with with the game or the game style, and they're not just sitting there making cookie cutters. Every single I'm gonna say Doom clone, because that's what they really are. Every single Doom clone after the 2016 version uh has been adding something or taking something away to see what works. And watching the videos for this Doom Eternal is kind of exciting because you're getting hints of the greater story. And that's the thing. It's Doom. What story is there? There's an angry guy shooting demons, you know. What's the story? Well, there is a story. And um you get pieces of it as the game goes on. And it's very, very interesting. I can't wait to see what happens and it's for the sheer fact that you can now use a chain to connect yourself to demons and pull yourself over and then punch them in the face from, you know, when you were 60,000 feet away. So very exciting. There's one on here that uh, I only wanted to talk about because I've been doing a lot of PS4 stuff. There's Halo Infinite coming next year. You guys know anything about Halo? Uh, uh, Master Chief? Yeah, That's in pretty, general. Yeah. 
Uh, I know it's a game that I don't like. Uh, the, the joke here is, yeah, well, that's kind of the default, right? Um, the joke around here is since I live in a university town, is uh, Halo is what college people play to think they're cool. I thought that would be Call of Duty. Well, we're, go- we're going back a couple of years, but it used to be Halo. Anyway, sorry. All right, no problem. No, okay. Uh, I'll, then I'll just take this one from here. Uh, you know, listeners know that uh, we enjoy the lore of video games, uh, or, or created in the video game. Like uh, Brandon enjoys uh, the lore around the division and has purchased uh, books outside. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I don't know where you're going with this. It, well, no, I, I the, uh, <laughs> the the point I was getting at with the the whole idea of the the world building, Halo has much like the star Wars that we talked about last episode, Halo has uh, uh, either really good stories that happen outside of the, of the, the games or really awful stories. And they're, they're in between there's, there's none in between. It's either you, the book's great or the book's terrible. Um, and fans have been getting kind of a little grumpy about that because they're like, you know, why don't you tell the whole story in the video game? Don't make us go out and find out why this has happened and we're in a different place, blah, 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 blah. So, one of the things that happened with the last version of Halo, which I think was Halo 5, is there was a lot of fatigue, a lot of gamer fatigue. And they were like, this is not interesting at all. And so a lot of the buzz that I've been reading about with the Halo Infinite, and granted, there really isn't that much out there. But a lot of the buzz I've got is based on, uh, I think, two minutes worth of video Um new developers who, uh, let's see, there was Bungie that had the first three and then, uh, Halo four and five was three, four, three I. And those are the ones where everybody was kind of eh about. And then there's a new group that's taking Halo infinite. And what's happened is fans are looking at this short video and one complaining because it's not long enough and there's not enough information to know anything at all. And of course, you know, and then they're looking and they're, they're just like a movie, you know, a trailer or something like that they're looking through each frame and trying to see everything they can see. And they've noticed that the armor that the master chief is wearing looks more like the original bungee armor than it did the, uh, the three, four, three, uh, armor. And it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, fans, fans are eager for this game. I'm not. And I don't think either of you guys are. Yeah. Did they really screw up the halo franchise though? With like some of the more recent ones or something, um, they they made some bad games. Um, one game they made with a bad story, and one game they made with a bad hate. What makes it Halo? So yeah, and then they tried to fix it with books, and to some degrees of success. And so what we know about Halo Infinite seems to be back on the right path of what happened on you know the first three Halos, which are generally considered the best, and then ODST, which was another great one, but it didn't have any of the the Spartans, which is, you know, you know, Master Chief. Blah, blah, blah. So did any of you guys ever play the old uh, Marathon series of games? Marathon being the precursor yes. from Bungie. Yep. No. Bungie, pre-Halo Bungie, which is where I usually like Bungie games. and that, So there was a... a... And, and Bungie also, just again, is part of Destiny and Destiny 2. Yeah. Just to yeah. say that. Um, so Bungie has a very long-running... Uh, historical kind of sci-fi-ish genre. Marathon was uh, part of that. Uh, they also did a series called Myth the Fallen Lords, which was based on a, a loosely uh, the Black Company series of books by, I can't remember the author's name, but Glenn, Glenn Cook. Cook. Yes, thank you. Uh, I guess you've read them. Um, yep. He's one of my favorites. So anyway, there's, uh, there's some uh, conspiracy theory that after some of the more later uh, Halos, they're going to like basically reboot the Halo universe and 
make the halo people the people in the beginning a marathon or, or something wonky like that i well uh they actually probably have moved past that idea because of the uh uh the lore that they've created uh in regards to who created the the halos and guess what it was mankind all along <gasps> spoilers okay so other games that are coming out dying light 2 do you guys play uh, dying light the parkour zombie game in it no i didn't yes. side scroller you did not no it's not a side scroller it's a open world oh right yes yes uh a bunch of our people in our gaming group did uh, but i did not it is uh if you like those styles of games it is it dying light was excellent probably uh in my opinion did the ambiance of what it would be like to be trapped in a city with angry zombies during the day they were george romero zombies mm -hmm. at nighttime they were uh 28 days later zombies yeah. and that's uh that's a semi-popular way of uh splitting the difference between the the multiple types of zombies in fiction uh, seven days to yeah, die was, does that as well it was yeah it's it it's you know, in the beginning, you're you're just weak and everything like that. And as you level up and get skilled, you know, you, you want to hide for the day or for the night so you can run around during the day. And then it gets to the point where you're like, yeah, maybe I could take the night. You run out there and, and you, it's still very spooky. And then after a while, you're like, yeah, I can take the night. No problem. So it's interesting to see where Dying Light 2 will go. And it's it's uh, it might be fun to, to slip on the Adidas and go back out, run and jump and uh, watch society rise and fall. Uh, and then there's this last one that I've got here. I don't know anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Last one on this page. <laughs> I don't know anything about it's Watch Dogs Legion. Do you guys Watch Dogs is a great game. I think Could one and two are fantastic Dogs. games. I just I played really? um, I played through most of one um and then started two and i just i could not stand it it was i just it was boring yep fair enough fair enough that might be uh do you, do you know why um, it was boring? maybe by design i don't know but it just to me i did not i did just didn't enjoy my time with the game i i no, i get you i i have issues with the watchdog games as well and i think it's quest design uh that bothers me the most um uh, that that really kind of gets to me, and, and, but I did enjoy the story, and I did enjoy I did enjoy it. So I, I'm hoping Legion returns to you know what Ubisoft can be really good at, which is telling a story, not necessarily the 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 quest design. They have issues. With uh, like I said, I I own Watch Dogs one and two. Um, I, I I should put a disclaimer: Ubisoft gave them both to me for free. <laughs> I don't know why, but they did. But like I said. Uh, it just I, I couldn't i couldn't get into it it just it just did not do it i think i think one of the very early missions that i was just ridiculously frustrated with was um um you're in a, a stadium and you got to find a car or some shit like that i'm just like what the fuck are they? i, I just, let me just walk to the parking lot and there's a shit ton of cars that's no i had to find a particular car and it was just really fucking annoying and i was just like this is this is the worst thing i've ever done yeah, because in Watchdog, you're supposed to be some kind of like Uber hacker exactly. guy, right? Exactly. So you can't just like break in. Maybe you had to find a uh, car that was suitably new, like a Tesla that you could actually electronically hack versus like no, a no, you, don't, you, can hack, you can hack all the cars. Yeah. And, and the streetlights and everything else. Like, I don't care about the whole downgrade thing, that controversy, that didn't bother me. You know, I understand that you know there's the sizzle reel and then there's what you actually get which for, for people who are not aware uh ubisoft got in a lot of trouble for showing off at e3 uh a version of watchdogs it was 2 watchdogs that one. phenomenal amazing it was watchdogs one forget the two thing watchdogs one and then when it actually came out 
it was downgraded. And you know, people got a little grumpy about that. But like Brandon said, yeah, you gotta sell I, the game. I understood. They did the same thing with uh, the shit. They do the same thing with all the, the games, division. basically. The division. Um, yeah. uh, what yeah. is that? Uh, 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 that co-op game that they got. The 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 sports game. I want to say Ghost Recon, but that's not it. The uh, shooter. Siege. Yeah, that's it. Rainbow Six. <laughs> they did the same thing on Rainbow Six. Yeah, well, I consider it a sport because basically, um, I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember, you know uh, he is the person who. Uh, which E three also announced what FIFA twenty. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh... shocker. I didn't think. I thought they were done with it. I didn't think there was anything but, more they could have done. <laughs> but they're, they, they've obviously well, they come did. up with they something. They did. They they have an indoor version um, of soccer, which is a little bit different. They have a they have a couple of things up their sleeves, and I think they're introducing the women's leagues too. So that'll be interesting. Oh, and, and what's actually really, really exciting so. is the the bunt map and the greebles they're putting on the soccer balls. I cannot wait. <laughs> if you don't know what greebles are, Google them. Reticulating splines. Yes, ridiculous. But so, uh, you know what? You mentioned Ghost Recon. Let's talk about the next one. Breakpoint. Ghost Recon. Yes. Breakpoint. Yeah. All right. Give us I am the, excited give us for that needs. because I I enjoy the Ghost Recon series. Um, not so much the lore or anything like that. I just like shooting people um, from a, a safe distance away with my sniper rifle. It just gives me that satisfying feeling of uh, murder. Um, but <laughs> Lunch Group Productions does not condone murder. I was glad. Yeah. I was glad I lived far away from you, but since sniper rifle seems to be your weapon of choice, maybe yeah, I should only in, only in Ghost Recon, um, and not always in Ghost Recon. Usually, I I, I try to stick with the uh, the M4 variants because you know I like them, um, unless it's a car. Um, anyway, let's see the end of that. Um, you know, I could hear your your tra- your <laughs> train of thought start to go off the rails there. I just I, I, yeah. anyway moving on. Moving on, Breakpoint, tell us about it. What's the story? Is it a continuation? It's not necessarily a continuation of Wildlands. Um, well, you have the same characters. You're still the ghosts. Um, you're still whatever the main character's name is, whose name uh, escapes me. But this time you get to fight against the Punisher. So that's cool in itself. What? Wait, what? Seriously? No, like not Marvel, Marvel Punisher or the John Barenthal? Yeah, he's playing a former ghost who's now in charge of the wolves, and they've taken over a an island archipelago or something, whatever the however you pronounce. It. Yeah, it should be John Barenthal's in charge with Thomas Jane as his lieutenant, and the sergeant should be Dolph <laughs> all Lundgren. Punishers. All the Punishers, all I, the Punishers. I feel yes. like this is a uh, oh, what is that movie series with all the uh, '80s action heroes? Expendables. Uh, 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 yes, Expendables. Right. So it should be called Rainbow yeah. Six Expendables. Well, then. everyone expendable. Breakpoint, is it going to be co-op like uh, it's going to follow yes, that it, same it's style? Essentially, it's essentially Wildlands. If you've played Wildlands, um, not you've played Breakpoint, but if you've played Wildlands, you understand the format. There's going to be more RPG elements in it, which I'm excited for, because if there's anything I like, it's shooting things with my RPGs um, as evidence of uh, my love for the division. Okay, wait. I think we have a definition issue here. RPG as in role-playing game or rocket propelled. <laughs> well, it certainly has um, RPGs. A little column A. Yeah, a little, little bit of both. Okay. All right. All right. A little both. All right. Cool. I think that's what was missing in Wildlands, to be honest with you. Um, I, I enjoyed the skill tree a little bit. I enjoyed going through it, making sure I got all the stuff. But yeah, it, it definitely needed a little bit more uh heart essentially it, it needed more life yeah or 
or it needed to be a bit more cartoony like the just cause because i think you and i have had that discussion where i i mocked it for being you know just cause but you know it's 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 still a yeah it's a fun game it was i'm glad i'm glad i got it for free uh and i'm glad I, I played it for a little bit because um it scratched an itch but it wasn't a satisfying scratch if you know what i mean well i'm gonna finish this up with this list of things that probably uh neither of you care about uh Banjo Kazooie has been uh, Banjo Kazooie is a was a an Xbox game and it's a bear and an ostrich or something. Anyway, they have been confirmed that they're going to be fighters in Super Smash Brothers. The reason, okay, now I none of us care about that though. That is something that happens here in this house. But the reason why that's important is because I watched, and the only reason why it's on this list is because I watched a video of people re people in new york city reacting to the release of banjo kazooie showing up in smash brothers and these people lost their friggin minds i mean very excited oh they were super excited like i'm watching it going is this am i being it is this real and it is people are very excited about banjo and kazooie uh, being a part of Super Smash Brothers. So Super Smash Brothers being a Nintendo game that takes uh, characters from video games and allows them to fight cartoonishly on uh, static stages. Well, it's not static. The the, it, the screen pretty much stays in one place. It's a, um, a party arena beat em up. Right. But there are people who play it professionally. So to watch people get excited about mascots from a specific game generation of uh, a console is very interesting because you know that there are people well you can infer from that there are people who would love to have a standalone banjo kazooie game but maybe it's the idea of rose colored glasses and being in smash brothers super smash brothers is the place to be but with that said we'll finally wrap this all up in the idea that hey Keanu Reeves is now uh, in two video games uh, enter the matrix from 99 where he looks kind of like a potato well, was he in the uh, Matrix and MMO? He was not. He was in Enter the Matrix. The uh... I, I before you uh, conclude, though, I do want to say you missed one game, Battletoads. Yeah, Battletoads. That's coming out. Yeah, yeah, they're re-releasing Battletoads. So, they, sorry. Are you yeah. serious? I Hand did not know drawn that. 4K graphics, which I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I mean, as a concept, I mean, if it's hand drawn, and maybe it's on a tablet, I guess. But if it's hand drawn on paper, it's only 4K if you use a 4K camera. It doesn't really matter what K, and uh, I don't know. It might be the backgrounds on that or the animations. Yeah, still, that's pretty cool. Uh, Battletoads, by the way, was an internet meme a couple years ago uh, where it's known as the hardest video game, intentionally hardest video game for a specific level. Uh, and for a while there, uh, people would call up uh, secondhand stores and ask if they had Battletoads. Or was it GameSpot? Yeah. GameStop. Who knows? It was GameStop. So anyway. uh, Xbox yeah, exclusive, so, though, so it has a place in history, but not it in my is life. Culturally significant, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, but you know, you know what? I should I should be a little nicer because you guys have listened to games that you don't care anything about from my point of view. And Ken, I understand you want Battletoads. Yes, I, I want a game I'm never going to play, and more importantly, no one else is ever going to complete. So, well, looking at your library, I would think that there's a handful of games like that. Uh... Well, okay, to be fair, half of my library are, in fact, games that no one can ever complete because the game itself was never complete <laughs> because I, I I drank too much early access. Uh, too uh, much Kool-Aid. The cup yeah. of early access. Yeah. Too bad. 
So, yeah. and uh, I, I was going in thinking it was going to be grape flavored uh, Kool-Aid and I realized it was actually going to be uh, Jello pudding pops. So <laughs> handed to you by a specific uh, leering spokesperson. Get the pudding pop. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, super quick summary. Hey, E3's got a lot of games out, stuff that we didn't even realize, and games that none of us really care about. So. <laughs> uh that's not true but we've already gone over all of that uh yeah can let, let's there, there, there there are a lot of other games that probably are not the big uh show stopper games that uh will probably well actually a lot of the indie guys don't even bother with e3 because the barrier to entry on that is so high there so. are a, there are a few indie games out there that that do have uh, an e3 presence uh but we'll probably be talking about them more down the road um if they're any good during the break, uh, Brandon was looking at other games that we didn't talk about, and none of them really were all that exciting. Though, I got to say, what was the, the roller derby one? I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> Basically a uh, free roller derby game for the uh, what what platform? Ubisoft. The Ubisoft. The, the Ubisoft platform? Yes. They actually do. They came out with uh, Ubi, what is it? Ubi Play Plus or whatever the hell. It's $15 mm. a month. You get to all the games for whatever. Okay. Um should be entertaining-ish, but uh, not something that I'd be willing to pay for because I generally get... Anyway, I'm not going to discuss my acquisition of Ubisoft games. <laughs> anyway. Roller um, Champions, because it just popped oh, there up we on go. my screen. Roller Champions. Yes. Okay. So but yeah, there you I'm not interested in it. I couldn't care less about it. Um, only because it's basically uh, Ubisoft's take on trying to make a Rocket League game. and Rocket I'm, League being soccer with cars. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so not interested in Rocket League. So uh, although to uh, touch on this a little bit, since we talked about uh, FIFA uh, and their addition of uh, women's leagues, which is good. I'm not, you know, bemoaning it. Uh, roller Derby, at least around here, is traditionally a female sport. Um, so you think that maybe they're trying to do that as maybe like trying to get more female gamers? Um, I It's possible. I don't know. I don't have a really good take on the whole female gaming thing. I don't have much to say about it if you're a gamer you're a gamer i don't give a shit what your gender is okay so uh hey guys uh do you want to try some uh, e3 related trivia sure yes ken i'd love to oh that's good good glad i'm not wasting my time here wait what who are you people what are you doing in my house um e3 trivia you say yeah e3 trivia e3 starting back in 1995 had origins traced back to what presentation that traditionally had a look down on video games consumer something expo yeah the, the ces consumer electronic show yeah hot so, damn um, i was right yeah 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 apparently the low point of the ces and gaming's relationship came in 1991 when sega and other game companies were forced to occupy outdoor tents it actually ended up raining that year and it ruined all the genesis console sega was showcasing that's going to be expensive well it was at the time in 1991 oh, yeah. so so where was the uh, first e3 held las vegas I go Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah, Las Vegas Gaming Convention. There were two other locations where E3 was held in the U.S. Do you have any idea where those might be? San Diego. Yep. San. Uh, well, no, not San Diego. San Sorry. Antonio? San Francisco. Close. San Francisco. San, Santa Monica Airport <laughs> was E3 I was going to get there eventually. Yeah, well, that's why I just cut you off there. 
And uh, the the Georgia World Congress Center held two E3 events in 97 and 98. San Andreas. No, not San Andreas. Uh, any ballpark figure on how many people you think attended the first E3? The first E3? 35,000. Yeah, Sorry, what was, was that, Brandon? I say 10,000. No, 50,000. Oh, wow. oh, I was the closest without going over. I won the showcase showdown. Yes. So uh, on that one, though, uh, what do you think the largest E3 has been up until this one? Because we're not counting the current one. 120,000 people. Seven, it's only 70,000, really? actually. Really? Which, to me, that seems that they're very consistent, which is really interesting. So, hey, guys, what's so special about E3 2019? 24th anniversary? Well, that is correct, but it's not the significant thing about E3 2019. Uh, it's sponsored by Epic Games. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> it was hosted oh, that by Fortnite. Epic Games. <laughs> that, that, that Fortnite money. No, <laughs> apparently is the first year that Sony was never go- not going to attend. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot they, but they, they pulled they pulled out, yeah. Speaking of Sony and Japanese uh game makers, uh so a bit of the trivia in 1996 was the one uh they did E3 in Japan in uh, Tokyo and apparently it didn't turn out that well. And they were planning if E3 Tokyo was successful, they were going to go with Singapore and Canada as well. So what do you think one of the biggest draws of E3 1996 was? And I'll give you a hint, it was a hardware device. 96, probably the PS2. 96 and PS2? Oh, oh wait, no. Xbox. Uh, you're really not in the right time frame. Dreamcast? Yeah. You're way off, buddy. Atari 2600. Yeah, the Atari 2600 <laughs> debuted in 1996. What, 96? Uh, among Seriously? the biggest games was Adventure. What's wrong with you, Patrick? Come on. <laughs> Apparently, one of the biggest draws at E3 90, 1996 was the N64 controller's joystick. Oh, yeah. One of the big, biggest pops of the show when Nintendo used the joystick to showcase Mario running around in circles. Because I think that was probably one of the first joysticks to have the uh, the analog type uh, controller. Right? Yeah, you didn't have. I mean, it, it was weird and, and strange shaped, but yeah, it was the first. Yeah, one. but it wasn't. But it wasn't a D pad. So, so uh, in when E three was founded, all the big companies got together and agreed to not announce console drop prices at the event. What year? Was the uh, first year that where they broke that? <laughs> the first year that it was there. <laughs> uh, th- no, it was not 1995. 1996 then. It was a, <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. It was in fact 1996. So they announced the price drop in the PlayStation at E3. Uh, apparently, Sony's Jim Wims justified it at the time he was the president by saying he wasn't president when that agreement was made. <laughs> To counter the 1996 PlayStation price drop, Sega quickly announced a price drop of the Saturn if everyone remembers the Saturn, and had people hand out flyers advertising a new price at the event. So in E3 of 1997 was a big year for FPSs in general. Can you name some of the, and we've talked about almost all of them on this uh, podcast previously, uh, some of the big first-person shooter type games to be released. And there's a couple that are notorious, and so they should be pretty easy for you to get. If you just do them. Yep. Goldeneye was correct. Uh, nope. Doom is not on that. We're talking 1997. Some of the other ones, we'll just go ahead and get them out of the way. Uh, JK Dark Forces 2 Jedi was announced. Knight. Yep. Uh, and the two big notorious ones I was trying to get at were uh, Die Katana. Ah, John Romero will make you his bitch. And Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> Duke Nukem whenever. What year did they crack down on Booth Babes? Uh, 99. 2004. Nope. 2006. Oh, once again, I was closest without going over. Yep, they uh, began enforcing rules uh, that have reportedly always been in place. They say that material, including live models, 
conduct that is sexually explicit and or sexually provocative, including but not limited nudity, partial nudity, bathing suit bottoms are prohibited from the show. And yet, Um, and yet, and this is something, and this is interesting. The, one of the things I referenced in our intro skit was God of War. And when God of War had their reveal party, uh, they actually had topless models uh, and they did a Greek thing and uh, brought in a slaughtered goat as if it was a sacrifice to the gods for God of War. Was it was it an actual goat? It was. It's why they why it was a big disaster because it was an actual headless goat. Hey, you know what? I've had goat. It's not bad, but uh, you generally gotta like curry it up. Yeah, and, it's a kind of know. a gamey animal, and uh, yeah, yeah, yep. Okay. E three two thousand six show. Apparently, uh, the ESA, which is the organization that runs E three, uh, decided that spending was starting to get a little out of control for the amount of money uh, presenters are spending at their booths. Any any ballpark idea of. Uh, how much people were spending on their booths as of 2006 top presenters? Probably close to $750,000. I would go with the 10, 15 million. Yep. It was estimated that the top E3 presenters spent upwards of five to 10 million Holy on their booths crap. at the 2006 show. Yep. Uh, due to worries that this was unsustainable, the ESA decided to scale back for the 2007, 2008 shows. Yeah. Thank um, I think that probably also goes into all the parties and events and promotion. And, You'd hope. Uh, but if you've ever been to any of those big uh, gaming convention shows, they a lot of people put a lot of money into their booths. So that just blows my mind. And then, and then, and now you wonder why games cost so much. And yeah. anyway, go on. You were next one. What was the first E3 that could be attended by the general public? Uh, 1996. Um, I would go with 99. Wow. 2017. Yeah. Prior to that, most non-industry attendees were either constant contest winners or invited by presenters so it's one of those things where it would be relatively easy to get to if you had any remote credentials well that's why uh that's probably why attendance was so small because that could yeah, be yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense there but apparently the the 2017 and the 2018 at least uh were not above seventy thousand. so i think they're getting close based on the figures i saw so in 2017 how many minutes of e3 footage were watched on twitch all yep. of the minutes. <laughs> Can you put a quantitative figure on that? Um, two hours. Two hours of footage was watched on Twitch. To be fair, that's probably all that should have been watched on Twitch. Probably close to 140 hours. So the uh, trivia bit is over 700 million minutes of E3 footage okay. I was watched on Twitch. I was... So that's probably between all Twitch consumers. Total... No, it's just one guy. <laughs> no, just one guy. 700 minutes. The ESA... Again, the organization that puts on E3 once estimated that over how many miles of duct tape was used at E3? I'll say probably close to 58 miles. I'll go with 200. No, actually, it's five miles of duct tape. This does not include cosplay and costumes. If you use duct tape in your cosplay, you're some hardcore costume. No, I've I've seen some cosplay that is 100% like duct tape. And, you know, it's one of those things that people get really zany with oh no well no if duct tape is a major part of your costume sure i get that but if it's to repair things that is some hardcore materials that you're using so anyway uh that was a that was a list of factoids on e3 from uh denageek.com and uh adopted to turn into trivia hopefully it sounds a lot better than it did uh recording (laughs) fighters so fighters absolutely who fighters all right well guys uh that's it for for i think this week nice short to the point uh, we agreed on everything and talked about exciting stuff. Do you guys have any final remarks? Um, pre-orders are bad. So is that the game store? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're yes, pre-ordering don't Zelda, pre-order games. Zelda games. Lot, Middle of the podcast. I, 
I would say <laughs> yeah, live on stream, but we're not live or streaming. So um, uh, my my summary would be don't believe the hype. Don't. And pre-order as soon as you find out pre-orders are open. And my final pre- uh, thought is uh, by the time you guys hear this, uh, Brandon's pre-order will be downloading. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks very much. I'll see you next time. Bye. Yep. Have a good one, everyone. Zelda. Zelda.